Hello and welcome to Behind the Study. Behind the Study takes an up-close and personal look at researchers at Ryerson University's Ted Rogers School of Management, as well as its affiliates, any past and current researchers, speakers, contributors, and various networks. Through the podcast, listeners can get a glimpse of their background and experiences that have led them to their role at the Institute for Hospitality and Tourism Research, as well as their careers and profession. Each episode features a different researcher speaking about their interests, influences, and ideas. Hello, my name is Parita Shaw. I am a fourth year student in the Hospitality and Tourism Management Program here at Ryerson University, a research assistant at the Ted Rogers Institute for Hospitality and Tourism Research and the newest host of Behind the Study. Today I have here with me Trevor Jonas Benson, who is the Vice President of Destination Development at the Culinary Tourism Alliance and an expert in all things sustainable development, social enterprise consultancy, culinary tourism development, and agritourism. Hello and welcome, Trevor. It is great to be speaking with you today. So to start off personally and professionally, who is Trevor Jonas Benson? Thanks, uh, thanks, Prita, for the warm welcome and good afternoon, everybody. So personally, professionally, I guess I'd consider myself having an, uh, a mixed background and past. I've, um, I've got some heritage in the UK, lived there for a while. I count the Caribbean, specifically Barbados, as a second home, Barbadian through marriage. I've got a lovely little uh, son who's uh, half Asian, half Canadian. I've been involved in all different types of work and, and life uh, and look forward to getting into some of that uh, through the conversation today. That's great. Thank you. So it gets to know you a little bit more. What was your first big trip? First big trip would have been uh, when I was probably, I think, around 11. Uh, I went wow. to France by myself to have a go at professional football, so soccer. I went to an area uh, in the Midi Pyrenees. I went to L'Ecole de Midi Pyrenees, which is in Castamaro, and trained under a now fairly well-known coach, Eric Mamba. I think he's in Japan or Australia now, but he coached uh, Toulouse uh, for many, many years. Yeah, that was my first big trip because I was a little guy trying to trying to do something with my life at that time. And I was, uh, it was a pretty sober experience. I was there when I was 11. I still felt old with the little eight-year-olds coming in. It was a national school uh, just before France held the World Cup. Yeah, that was, uh, it was a great one. That's an incredible and story. And scary. Well. <laughs> as, a, as a first big trip. Wow. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went, my, my coach took me and I went, there's two other, uh, two other uh, players went with me as well. That's great. So what initially drew you to want to study tourism as a subject area and creating such a passion for it? I actually didn't study tourism. So I'm not a tourism grad. I studied uh, law and human rights. I later uh, did a postgrad in local sustainable food systems, but kind of fell into tourism. And when I lived in the UK, I worked in the borough food markets, extraordinarily well-known old food market that is a tourism destination in its own right. And then I uh, uh, worked and lived in, in Barbados for many years as well, which is a uh, tourism is a big uh, export uh, for mm-hmm. them as well. So I kind of uh, blended my interest and my experience and, and, and kind of fell into tourism. Amazing. And what would you say your role looks like being the vice president of destination development at the Culinary Tourism Association? Culinary Tourism Alliance. I um, I primarily oversee, well, what I do is I oversee a consultancy. We offer professional services through the organization. We are a non-for-profit and I run the consultancy as a social enterprise. So as a mission-based business that drives revenue towards the organization. So I primarily oversee that, which includes uh, scoping projects, all of them research-based projects and managing those projects and then managing the team who uh, services those contracts. 
Great. Speaking of research, you have written a chapter in the Rutledge Handbook of Gastronomic Tourism and have done research on the role of food tourism in supporting vibrant identities and building education among diverse communities and visitors. What was the first piece of research you have worked on and what were your highlights from that? Probably wasn't at the CTA, but I did consulting in social innovation, social enterprise before coming back to the organization. Probably the the first and biggest chunky piece of research that gained some traction is I did a community food assessment with London Middlesex, and it had thousands of data points that we looked at, and it was a community-based participatory research process. Uh, so we had a big working committee, and then by extension, they had kind of data sources, and we worked with tons and tons of uh, data, sifting through it and ma- mapping that into the into the actual outputs as well. And then we produced a really, really big report that's still online. I think it's uh, available through the Public Health Unit of London Middlesex. And that was great. Like It involved stakeholder consultations, surveys, interviews, like you name it. It was a huge project. By being an industry professional, what has it been like for you to be approached by media outlets, various institutions and organizations for kind of like your expert opinion on your field of research and tourism, such as doing speaker series, webinars, speaking at conferences, doing interviews and doing podcasts like this? Well, it's, it's a humbling experience. It's enjoyable as well, because I think what we enjoy most, and I'm saying we, because I think the whole team that I manage is involved in these kind of exercises and interventions is we just get to reflect and speak about the work that we're doing. So it doesn't require much kind of, not necessarily preparation, but much uh, keeping up appearances. We're simply kind of uh, sharing what it is that we're doing on a daily basis, which we find extraordinarily rewarding and impact oriented. That's great to hear, to kind of hear the perspective of the speaker wanting to do this and not just doing it to do it. So that's that's great to hear as well. How has doing research on various different regions, as well as you mentioned that you have lived in numerous different places in your lifetime as well, kind of shifted your perspective of tourism and your key focus of tourism? Are there topics that have piqued your interest so much so that they have kind of caused a positive shift in your key area of research? The potential for tourism to create change at the community level is extraordinary. And um, one of the things that I kind of reflect on as we're going through research and projects in different destinations is just how amazing these destinations are in their own right. And they may from kind of the outside be comparable to other destinations, but that's only because there's so much kind of that's untapped in terms of assets and and potential within the destination. It's more kind of an exploration of you know, what makes that destination unique that's kind of so much fun about our work mm-hmm. and always reminds us of like, you know, each of these places and each of these businesses and people and and tourism stakeholders that are involved in these projects are so unique. Uh, and it's uh, kind of working with them to, to be able to share that uniqueness with, with the, you know, those from, from near or far. That is, uh, that's really kind of sobering through the, through the process. That's a, that's a really neat perspective on tourism. You usually hear that tourism is for the experience and for the travel, but I liked how you brought in unity within tourism and kind of bringing the community side of it as well, which is great to hear. So next question, how have you been able to strike a balance between the industry, research, and academics while also focusing on passion projects, um, one of which being you being the co-founder of World Women Tourism. Can you speak a little bit about what World Women Tourism is and what gaps they are filling within the tourism industry? Yeah, that lends itself well as a passion project because it's in Singapore. So I just work late at night, but my partners are in Singapore and India. We've got special advisors in Australia. So yeah, from a time standpoint, it's easy to kind of focus on that, you know, in my other uh, hours of the day. But World Women Tourism was conceptualized by a few of us in the academic space, the others 
uh, and myself as uh, filling a gap in the distribution of the benefits of tourism to women tourism professionals. And kind of the value proposition is connect, grow, flourish. And it's really meant to be meeting the informational needs of women tourism professionals, mobilizing these individuals globally, but starting mostly in Southeast Asia, and then working to harness the potential and the value that these women tourism professionals have to be able to either service projects or grow kind of as a tribe, if you will. That's that's kind of what we're up to. We've been kind of delivering value through webinars and master classes, and we've just struck a partnership uh, with the Hat Business School through uh, the World Forum Tourism Forum Institute. And we have a new podcast that, that's been going live recently. And it's just sharing the great work that's being done and and, and working towards a future state where women tourism professionals are receiving the, the, the benefits that should be associated with their contributions. That's amazing to hear as a woman in the tourism industry are now navigating myself way through the, the tourism industry. That's amazing to hear that there are initiatives out there for my support and resources that I can rely on and use, especially from other women within the industry as well. So that's great. Thank you. So speaking of uh, connecting, growing and flourishing, you have uh, developed a curriculum for the first ever postgraduate certificate in North America within food tourism studies at mm. Centennial College. So where you also taught a couple of courses yourself in tourism destinations global tourism development and social justice. How has your experience helped you as a teacher and a professor? And how has that been for you? As in, how are you able to bring in your experiences within the industry from being a consultant to a director to a vice president role to your students and in the classroom at the time? That's a great question. I've also had the benefit of opening up small businesses and managing those. And the particular course that you're mentioning, which I still teach at Centennial, so the Global Tourism Development Social Justice one, is really designed to bring students through a theoretical approach to business development and then apply that. And, and I benefit from, obviously, my personal uh, experiences and references to ongoing and active projects that I'm working on. So I kind of blend the two in the theory side. When we look at tourism delivering on multiple areas of impact, not just financial impact or in, within the Economy, but looking at society and, and, and environment as well. And then we move into the use of a, of a tool called the Flourishing Business Canvas, which we kind of empower the students to use as, a, as a, a way to conceptualize a business that's strongly sustainable. And that's taking into consideration kind of both outcomes and the impacts that, the, that these businesses can create over the long term. So we do that through reference to kind of very specific examples and the great businesses that are already out there doing great work, as well as through kind of sifting through the theoretical side to, to, to kind of really connect with what that means when it actually plays out, when we actually start thinking about different forms of capital, what that means. And, right. and when we actually think about that within the con uh, context of business. Great, thank you. You have done some pretty notable engagements with within which include um, the Tourism Industry Association of Canada's Tourism Congress in Ottawa in 2018, and then the Pacific Asia Travel Association's Adventure Travel and Responsible Tourism a Conference in India in 2019, as well as conferences in Spain and British Columbia. As your professional development continues from speaking at conferences, being on advisory boards, co-founding new industry interests and ideas, various research, and even within your personal life, what would you say is next on your journey? Any passion projects? Are there any interesting industry areas that you're looking deeper into or keeping an eye on? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, that the, the coming out of the pandemic and just keeping an eye on where uh, the direction uh, domestic destinations are going and being mindful of kind of 
what Canada has to offer in terms of its space and its, you know, its, its rural and more remote communities. I'm particularly interested in looking at tourism development from a community standpoint, more so in destinations that are not mature. So those that are more emerging or developing and really supporting a new form of tourism that is not geared specifically to those who are looking to do more transformational travel, more purposeful travel, but towards a broader group of individuals who mm-hmm. are looking for more out of tourism right. and, and delivering that through, you know, it's not just food and drink. Like I think food tourism is something and it is for certain people, but food and drink experiences through tourism allow for better connections with culture. And I think there's other forms of tourism and more of a multi-sensory and breadth of tourism experience that I'm interested in, uh, in focusing on uh, in the years to come. Is there anyone who has influenced or shaped your career as a researcher and as an industry professional? The team and the individuals involved in the, initial, uh, the original consultancy that I grew in, uh, which is called Ecoeconomics, which primarily focused on social innovation, social enterprise, were absolutely fixated and driven to co-create value for clients. And in this case, the clients were all charities and non-for-profits. For the good of the game, it was a private company. But I think because of the types of projects that we were working on, you needed to be highly invested as an individual and as a researcher because mm. budgets weren't always high and expectations were, and also just the responsibility to deliver value was there and we felt it. And right. it, there were, um, you know, really important projects like working on a hospice for the homeless or working on a social enterprise for a coffee company in Toronto named Clink to support those ex clients of the penitentiary system, like just really rewarding work from a non-financial standpoint. I think that's kind of where I would have cut my teeth in consulting. And and I saw the value of research and meaningful research and engagement with the, the, the stakeholders of that, uh, of that research. For my last question, Are there any key takeaways for the listeners who may be current or future researchers, students, uh, industry professionals, and basically anyone listening? Don't feel as though you don't have a lot to offer just because of your background and experience. I think where we do really well in our research is we have a team that's built of really dynamic individuals, all with their own unique personalities and perspectives and lived experience, and all coming from a breadth and diversity of academic backgrounds. I guess all of them with their own worldview, but all heavily traveled. And they've all lived and worked in many different countries around the world. And I think that's what's really valuable for looking at um, uh, situations, interpreting data, and uh, you know, giving yourself permission to be kind of to have a perspective and to share it. Don't mm-hmm. I would say don't be shy because it's worth something. And if anything, it keeps the important conversations going. Right. And I feel like as anyone even hoping to get into the industry or in the industry themselves, always hearing different perspectives of different positions and roles and experiences that have people have had helps their perspective in the sense of maybe where they would like to reach for next as well, which is great. It's not a straight line. It's not a straight line. And that's totally okay. And that's what allows for research to be taking place and pursued in earnest and not just simply because it fits within a methodology that, you know, was created by someone else. I think Mm -hmm. we do highly customized methodologies and those that need to work with our partners. And I see all our clients as client partners. So it's about, you know, doing the work that you set out to do to to, to, to actually deliver value or to, to answer a question or solve a problem. It's not just to go through the motions. Right. 
That was great. Thank you. So those were all my questions. I would like to thank Trevor Jimis Benson, the Vice President of Destination Development at the Culinary Tourism Alliance for his time today. I am Preeta Shaw, and this was Behind the Study, an exploratory podcast presented by the Ted Rogers Institute for Hospitality and Tourism Research. I hope you will all join us for the next podcast and have a great day. Thanks, uh, Preeta. An absolute pleasure uh, to be invited and participate in this uh, important conversation. I think it's a great initiative. I'm so uh, pleased uh, to know that it's kind of having a second series. Uh, and yeah, looking uh, forward to listening in to, to other uh, speakers and guests and uh, wishing you uh, all the best. Great, thank you. That was amazing.